This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. A few days ago, Dave and I returned from a four-day trip to southwest Montana and northwest Wyoming. It was mid-October and we hoped to experience the magic of fall fly fishing, and we really did. We had two stellar days on the Gardner River just inside the north border of Yellowstone National Park, and today we want to relive the first of those two days. We want to tell you what we experienced, what we learned, and how it made an impact on us as fly fishers. We ended up catching a lot of trout and learning a lot of lessons. Our hope in sharing this is that you'll learn something from our experiences, or if nothing else, that it will encourage you to get out on the river in the fall. So Dave, how would you describe the Gardner River? I actually think of it as a mini Yellowstone River. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Now it does flow into the Yellowstone, but it's very swift and it's not wide, but I can't believe how swift it is. And it has a right. lot of the stones, kind of that, uh, what is it that you call them? The, uh, oh. what's the phrase? The grease oh, the f- cannonballs? Yeah, that's right. It's not right. quite as yep. bad as the Yellowstone, but it's very, it's, it's kind of treacherous to wade. It is, it is. Uh, the yeah. current is mm-hmm. very swift, but it's just beautiful, beautiful. Uh, to me, it's the perfect river yeah it really is perfect sized river. perfect size yeah, yeah. just because of the size of trout you catch where it's at and the kind mm-hmm. of runs that you're able to fish it is beautiful i mean you look up and you can see uh, uh mammoth hot springs i mean you're, you're down in this uh kind of this bottom of this little mini valley yeah. i guess yep. and it's just uh, just incredible i can't remember which day it was but when we walked in one of the days there were the elk yeah we saw elk a, there yeah mm-hmm. an elk, not elk plural right. but elk singular a yeah. cow elk well we started off uh, we we got there the night before and we checked in at the super eight and i had to laugh remember that dave the first thing that the uh, gal at the desk did was to warn us about a grizzly that had been milling around the parking lot <laughs> so we thought man we have to strap on our bear spray just to go from the the, the car across the paved parking about lot about 25 yards yeah. we needed bear spray <laughs> oh man it was kind of eerie though it was yeah, cold it was. and yep. uh just getting out of your car and dark and, in uh, the dark yeah and then that, thinking about our yeah, grizzly milling around the parking lot. Yeah, that's right. Well, one of the things that we did, as we, we've often done when we fish something for the first time, is we uh, desired, decided to hire a guide, and we, we only did it for a half day. We hired a guide from Park's Fly Shop, and it was really to, as much as anything, to get intel. I mean, we, we only had a couple of, or one day, and, and we weren't sure what we'd do the last day, which we ended up coming back because it was so good, but we wanted to make sure that we, um, you know, got right to the places where you were going to catch fish, and that was, a, that was a great experience. That reminds me, one of the things, towards the end of the trip, after we had two really good days on the Gardener, we went back to Bozeman, which is how far? A couple hours? Yeah. And mm-hmm. we were in a, a fly shop and talking with uh, the person at the counter, and it was really interesting. 
even though it was only two hours away, there's so much good water over near Bozeman that none of them had really fished it in years. And yeah. so it was like this little treasure. Oh, it is. Um, that didn't get fished a lot, or at least didn't get fished by the, you know, the hoi polloi that are coming into Bozeman to fish the Madison and the Gallatin. Yep, that's right. Or even the Yellowstone. I mean, people just don't go that far, and it really is a is a hidden treasure. Well, Park's Fly Shop in Gardner, uh, it's been there a long time, Richard Park, uh, they do a great job, and we uh, we hired a guide out of there. Uh, uh, David, what was your first memory of Well, this guy was so energetic. I mean, this guy was was. so high energy. It's like he had, you know, had a couple monster drinks before he, (laughs) (laughs) before he met us at the, at the shop at what, 630? Was it 630? Yeah. uh So he's a young guy. He has a couple or three children, I think, but I can't think that he's more than 30. Yeah, maybe mid-30s, but right, no older than that. So what was so curious about him, my first memory of him was as after we rigged up, we walk across the suspension bridge, and he's whooping it up to scare the grizzlies. Yeah. Because as you know, uh, when you're in grizzly country, the worst thing you can do is is to come up on them unexpectedly. So it was dark, so it was a little bit eerie walking across that suspension bridge and then heading towards the runs that we were going to fish for the morning. But so my, my first memory was, was Ben and, yeah. and, and how energetic he was. And by yeah. the way, he was a very interesting guide. He was so, um, he was like a, a football coach who yeah. was, you know, giving you a high five for everything you did. You know, he didn't ask any questions about us, so he really wasn't interested in our personal lives, <laughs> which yeah. was fine with yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> really it was, I know. <laughs> it was totally was. fine with me because I was yeah. catching fish and, you know, I wasn't really, you know, looking for a I relationship. Know. But he was warm and he was energetic, and I just have to say it was just a joy. The, ha- the was, half day was just a joy. It was. He was really good. We really enjoyed it. I, and I suppose I should say this, too, the what's great about that river is it's uh you know ordinarily you're going to catch eight to 14 inch fish and it's a good fishery but in the fall uh, the browns are spawning and they run up that river so that's that's what really made the gardener i mean we we caught fish that you simply wouldn't catch in the summer or or in the spring i mean that's that's what made it uh, you know, speaking of the the uh, Ben whooping it up, our guide whooping it up to scare away any grizzlies. We did see grizzly tracks uh, later in the morning along the trail. It was about fifty yards from the river, and that was a little bit uh, sobering. It really was. It really was. And and as always, we carried bear spray. And uh, in fact, we're we're recording this like nine days later uh, from from that particular day. And since then, uh, there was somebody who was was a couple of fly fisher fishers who were at- attacked or I shouldn't say attacked but a a grizzly charged them in Yellowstone it would have been in, Le- in the Lamar which isn't that far no. from where we fly fish yeah. yeah and and so it's just a, a reminder whenever you are in grizzly country you've got to carry uh, bear spray there's just uh, no no reason not to do that just as an aside as I was flying back from Bozeman um, you dropped me off uh, on that Friday and I was headed back and I was in the plane and I was next to someone and he saw my rod tubes. And so he started talking to me. He and his wife had just moved, I think it was from California to somewhere around Hebgen Lake around okay. there. So they oh, were yeah. going to Chicago or New York and they were on the flight. And he looked at me and said, did you have bear spray? And I said, yeah. He said, have you ever actually used it? And I said, 
No, I haven't. I said, we always talk about using an expired can of, of bear spray and just testing it, but we've never done that. And he said, you really should. He said, when I carry it, I actually have the trigger off the safety trigger, the safety guard. He said, because if you try to push that trigger, he said, it's really hard. It's harder than you think to get that yeah. trigger down. So I thought, you know, it might be a good thing for us to do once these, uh, the, these canisters that we have a bear spray that we actually, once they expire, we actually test them. Yeah, that's a good point. Or I've, I've heard, but I haven't, I don't know if I've seen these, but I've heard that they make some test canisters so that you can, uh, you know, just shoot out the, the, the stuff without the actual pepper. Because that's actually my, not a bad my idea. sense is even when that's expired, it's still pretty potent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even if yeah. even if the wind is minuscule, you know, and that wafts over you, oh, man. Uh, you're in trouble. Yeah, no kidding. So we're fishing for, uh, we're basically fishing for browns. Uh, these spawners, or they we just call them runners, the ones that run up from the river. And there's... Uh, there's cutthroat, there's uh, rainbows that, that come up as well. And you might say, well, how do you know which ones are the runners? Well, again, that creek or that river has fish about 8 to 14 inches. You know, when you're catching a 17, 18-inch uh, cutthroat or a rainbow, uh, you're pretty sure that that's a runner. But so th that's what we're fishing for. Dave, what, what, are we, what were we using that day? What kind of flies? Well, we used exclusively about a size 8 stonefly nymph so we were nymph fishing and then we mm -hmm. dropped about eight to ten inches a uh basically an egg pattern yeah any and that of, was it yeah that, and uh we fished that the entire time i don't think i even tried streamers we had fished streamers no. uh the day before yeah and it had done um, really well in yeah, another had, in another creek exactly but, but we just totally nymphed uh all day long yeah that was it was fun uh let, let's talk about the runs that we fished uh we, we walked across the suspension bridge. It was kind of cool. And then, um, you know, the guy dropped me off first at a, at a run. And he said, okay, that the fish are stacked up in here. And, and we actually had to wait till uh, sunrise. I think it was 740 that yep. morning. That was legal yep. fishing light. So that was kind of hard to do. It's like, it was. Man, <laughs> you know, it's 730 and it's He light. got us there quite a bit, like 30 minutes early. Yeah. He wanted to make sure we were the first ones there and, uh, and, and we were, no worries on that. But uh, I remember finally 740 came. And I think my first cast, I caught this uh, beautiful cutthroat about 18 inches and kind of surprised me because I'm thinking, man, I'm going to catch all browns. And then, uh, uh, then I got a, uh, a rainbow after that. <laughs> Finally, like the third fish I caught, I got a brown. But that was the smallest one I caught out of that wow. river all both days. And it was a 12-inch brown. So probably that was the only resident fish that I caught. But it was, it was interesting. He, he showed me. He says, you, uh, you, you cast up. You have to cast up far enough so this will drift down. And he... He said, here's the, the window where they're at, and uh, and then he took off and headed to your run. And so I, you know, I fished a while, and uh, yeah, I just started hauling them in. It was a lot of fun. Well, after he left you and he and I uh, moved up, I think we went to that next run, and I think it was, what, three-quarters of a mile, yeah, a mile uh -huh. away from where you were yeah. fishing? And so we're hiking in the dark again, so he's whooping it up as we're you know, uh, moving through the sagebrush. I think we're kind of going off the trail, off the game trail. And um, so we finally arrive at this run and literally, you know, in the first 
two or three casts, I've landed a really nice brown trout. Yeah. I caught mostly browns that morning, but mm-hmm. I think within an hour I had, and we had to count, like who's counting, right? Well, we're always counting. But yeah, in Yellowstone right. National Park, he you need to count because um, yeah. that's something he has to actually provide the service, the forest service, so um, or the park service. So I think within like 45 minutes I fished that, or an hour I caught 11 browns. I don't Man. think I caught any rainbows. I didn't catch yeah. any whitefish. Now, you caught a couple of whitefish, didn't you? I did later in the morning. I, I caught two whitefish. The very last run that we fished, uh, I did. But, uh, yeah, that was that was it. That was really incredible. I mean, we, we both landed 20-plus fish that day, and, and we did it in four hours. And you remember we decided after he left, we were going to keep fishing, but we realized, hey, we've – we were headed to the Missouri River the following day, and we thought, man, this has been great already. Uh, let's, not, let's not push it wear ourselves out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. we decided, okay, we're, we're coming back here. On, this was a Tuesday. We said, we're coming back here on a Thursday. Yeah. And how far was it from the north entrance there of Yellowstone to the Missouri? It was almost four hours. Wasn't yeah, it? it was like a four-hour trip, and we went back and stayed in Bozeman, but we had to get up really early the next yeah. morning. I mean, like leaving at leaving at five so yeah we we called it good i mean in in retrospect i think that was a that was a good decision we had fished really hard the day before yeah remember that we walked six miles yeah that was a lot of walking three miles up this we'll we'll talk about this uh willow creek we'll talk about it in another podcast but we walked six three miles up and it was uh you know it wasn't easy walking there was no trail you just walked up the side of a you know, this rocky stream for three miles and, and then back. So that's kind of why we quit a little bit early. It's like, man, we've, we've had a great day. Let's, uh, let's cash it in. But it was gorgeous weather. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In fact, as we, as we think about, you know, the, the larger meta uh, principles of the trip, uh, the weather was just perfect. Oh, it was. And there wasn't too much sun. There was no rain. It was cloudy, light and no clouds. no wind that day either. No wind that day. There was a little more wind on Thursday, yeah. but both on the Missouri, both Willow Creek and mm-hmm. the first time we did the Gardener in the Missouri, those first three days, there was almost zero oh, wind. That, that's great. You don't always get that. Yeah, high 40s. It was just gorgeous weather. It was a little more raw that last day on oh, the Gardener. Yeah. It really was. It really um, was. About 45 degrees yep. with quite a bit of wind. and yeah. you, were, you, you got chilled. Yep, you yeah. did. But boy, the first day, it was perfect. So a few lessons uh, from uh, the, the day. When you think about what we learned, Dave, what, what sticks out? Well, I think the first thing is... And this depends, of course, on the season and the river and where you're fishing. But for us, since it was the fall, it was really important to get out on the water early to take advantage of the low light uh, when the browns are feeding more. And this is really kind of counter to Bud Lilly. Who, I don't know which book he writes this in, but this idea of not you know, starting out until 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we, we talked about that, didn't we, in a recent podcast that in the fall... Uh, you don't have to get up quite as early because it's it's cooler. But the exception is if you're fishing browns or if you want to get in there before um, you know everybody else does, that's the time to do it. In fact, we didn't even see another fly fisher. We only saw like three more that whole day, but they didn't even show up till 9.30. Almost 9.30 or 10. Yeah. yeah. I remember actually seeing them. Uh, come in when we moved to that run when we saw that grizzly right. track. We, and we Maybe were, that was 9.30, yeah. Yeah, then we were right near that suspension bridge, and so we could see 
people coming down the, the trail. That, that was kind of surprising, but the, that was a whole trip, wasn't it? I mean, every morning we were out there at the crack of dawn. Right at when you could start yeah. fishing. Yeah, and I thought Absolutely. it would be just the opposite. Yeah, no so. sleeping in on this trip. I was actually yeah. pretty tired oh, when I yeah. got back. I just felt like oh, I could use another extra hour yeah. of sleep or two. So I know it. You know, another lesson we learned is to find the magic window. Now, honestly, Dave, you and I would have fished the same runs as the guide took us to. I mean, that was no surprise. And, no. and I guess it was a good feeling. It was like, well, yeah, this is pretty obvious. This is right where I would have fished. But he knew the foot-wide window where the, the fish were. And that I think that saved us a little bit of time. Didn't he call it like the hot zone or yeah, something like that? Yeah, he called it the hot and zone. And he, he was, was dead on. It was like was. a foot window. And you yeah. had to get the drift mm-hmm. just right through that window. You could have a yeah. perfect drift. But, you know, six inches or eight inches or 12 inches on either side, and yep. you wouldn't get a, uh, a strike. Yep. And uh, it was amazing. You know, it made me realize we've done that before on the Madison and the Bear Trap. There's a, there's a particular run. We call it Rainbow Run. And uh, we've, we fish that enough that I pretty much know exactly, yeah. you know, where the, the foot-wide lane is. It doesn't mean that there's no fish, you know, on the outside of that. But uh, usually there's a place where... Uh, you know if you get your fly there, uh, you're going to catch something. So what else? Uh, Other lessons? Well, I think another, especially uh, since we were nymph fishing, is the importance of weight. And uh, I was making adjustments uh, as we we didn't move to a ton of runs. We probably moved to four or five runs in that Mm -hmm. window. Usually you're moving from, especially in Willow Creek, we we traveled a lot because the river was low and there was just these pockets of water where the trout were. So you had to keep moving and find these pockets, two or three casts. We were actually streamer streamer fishing then. But on nymph fishing, the importance of really getting down with weight. And you could almost predict it that if you weren't down far enough, you're not getting, you know, any strikes. Yeah, that's really true. So that was just another good reminder about the importance of weight and making adjustments while you're nymph fishing. Something else I learned, and and I'm always amazed myself at how you know, how many years I fly fished and yet how many mistakes I still make. Oh, can't believe it. And what I loved about our guide, he was really good. He was like your, your personal fly fishing coach and, and he had a nice way about it, but boy, he wasn't afraid to call me out on, yep. he said, you're, <laughs> you're pulling the, you're, you're setting the hook up. You're pulling it up. He said, you're going to pull it out of your, their, their mouths. I mean, that's what you do in your dry fly fishing. I thought, yeah, I, I, I dry fly fish so much that uh, that's what I do. So with nymph fishing, what you're doing is you're setting the hook to the side, that is to the downstream uh, uh, direction. Again, the fish is looking upstream, but uh, so when you set that hook, you're, you're, you're pulling to the side so that it catches in the fish's mouth. And I, I was pulling up, so that was a really good reminder. It, just, it always amazes me how easy it is to fall into uh, bad habits or, or just to forget to make the transition from, say, dry fly fishing to nymph fishing. One other thing I think we should say about um, fishing the gardener was, and this is counter to you and me, especially it's counter to, and I mentioned this just earlier briefly, but counter to our day on Willow Creek just a day earlier, we were just two, three cast moving mm-hmm. to the next run. Yeah. But here we fished, I like, we fished this run for an hour or two yeah. and mm-hmm. and it was so good it just didn't slow down oh no, it didn't and, and that's not like me <laughs> no that's not like you at all like i yeah. i almost yeah. could see the restlessness in your yeah. eyes <laughs> hey, as long as i was catching trout i was fine yeah 
Uh, hey, maybe one more lesson, and that's stop and take in your surroundings. Uh, you know, one is for safety. I had to keep reminding myself, this is grizzly country, uh, look around. And, and the other part of it is just for enjoyment. Yeah. It'd be a shame to be down there and not to look around and uh, just see that beautiful, beautiful landscape in the fall. Well, people fly fish for many, 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 many different reasons. Uh, some people love fly fishing because of the fly tying. I love fly fishing because of the outdoors and being yep. in, in these magical places where there are no other people. And, yeah. um, and man, where we were fishing was just unbelievably beautiful. Yep. And, uh, and then when the, some of the, the early clouds burned off, there was that stretch that day where the sun came out. Mm, it was yeah. just phenomenal. Gorgeous. The, oh gosh. The light coming off of the river was just beautiful. It really was. Well, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Jim recently weighed in on Dave's piece, Why I Don't Tie My Own Flies. And he wrote, I venture to say that there are a vast array of skills and aspects of our sport that attract different hobbyists or fishermen. Some of us only fish with dry flies. Others love tying deer hair bugs and know every significant part of a hide. I believe it's all about what aspects of the sport are significant for you. Everyone sets their own bar with what's important to them. I nymph fish even when there's no water in the stream and hasn't been for weeks. I like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's good. that's really a good perspective. Yeah, I think it's to... easy to judge other people. Yeah, right? it really is. Um, and you're like, okay, can we just have one area of our lives where we're not doing that? You yeah, know, just that, that's Whatever right. you like about the sport, if it's fly tying, well then, you know... Yeah. More, more blessings to you. Exactly. And his default is nymph fishing. I think mine would be dry fly fishing, probably yours too. Yeah, and definitely. You know what? That's, that's fine. We, we do this because we enjoy it. And uh, uh, yeah, all of us bring different uh, skills and interests to the table. And, and that's just fine. So that's why we selected that quote. Uh, we uh, we want to give you permission and ourselves permission to, uh, to be little bit more experts in some areas of fly fishing and maybe not so much in others just give it up and say listen i'm not going to do that yeah if you don't like streamer fishing don't do streamer fishing that's it's okay, okay. Yep, yeah, that's right and if somebody else is adamant that you're uh, you're not a true fly fisher that you're you're missing out you're going to ruin your life well uh, <laughs> just smile and nod and move on yeah i try to do that with you steve but you're so persistent <laughs> I know. What can I say? Oh, man. Well, that'll do it for today. What fine days have you had recently on the river? Please tell us about it by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What was it that made it such a fine day? You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it. That helps. Um, you can also download a podcast app on your phone and receive our weekly podcasts. If you want access to every episode we've ever published, visit our website and click on every episode on the navigation bar. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs>